Hello and welcome to Cracking Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt once again joined by Angel and today we are looking at potentially the most devious entity we have seen so far, the doppelganger. However, before we do that, we must continue full speed ahead on our season-long expedition we started in our last episode to no longer be the idiot slobs that we were in 2022. With that being said, Angel, let us see what our what goals we have set for each other to become the best versions of ourselves so we can be proper ready for the year 2024. Now, since I know you love historical treaties so much, I propose we sign some sort of non-aggression treaty that we will now refer to as NAT, which stands for Goal Non-Aggression Treaty. By that, I mean we observe some sort of cool-off period after the goal is set because it would be irresponsible to immediately expect one another to be able to instantly complete a goal. That's not how goals work. <laughs> so, you've... Do you find it reasonable that at least five minutes has to go by before you're expected to become our better selves? Yes, I find that reasonable. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you agreed to Nat. <laughs> I, I shall sign this treaty. <laughs> sign your, your S. Lenderman. S. Lenderman. <laughs> How about you do your goal first? So my first goal for you, this is a simple one, really, is at some point before the episodes end you will introduce to me and to the curiosities listening your doppelganger and how you met him okay so i have to i have to reveal my my doppelganger and how we met yes my sitcom how i met my doppelganger <laughs> so here's your first goal angel if you ever look online at threads where people ask hey what's that one thing that men want that they never get and <laughs> that's really front-loaded there. And consistently, near the top is one of the most simple things in the world. A compliment. There is inevitably a comment that says, 15 years ago, this lady at the grocery store complimented my shirt, and now I base my entire wardrobe around that style. As men, we often don't receive compliments from anyone let alone other men so the first goal i am setting for you is that you must compliment me uh, uh whenever or once or by the end by the end of the episode <laughs> just one compliment <laughs> just one compliment it's all i need to get me going for the next 15 years makes sense i mean certainly if you want to do more <laughs> i'll receive as many compliments as you can get some bonus points <laughs> i guess this is kind of similar <laughs> Whenever you ask me a question and I give you an answer, I expect you to be impressed and wowed every time. <laughs> I have to be impressed by your answers. Yeah. Kind of a compliment to me, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's, that's going to be a hard one. Ooh. <laughs> you can't hate anything I say. <laughs> okay, so your second goal. Male friendship in our society has certain norms set in place, where it's considered not common for one man to say to another man, I love you. We've been friends for like 20 years, and at this point, social norms be damned, is what I say. Be the change that this world needs, so somewhere in this episode, I need you to say to me, I love you. 
Do I have to dig out my um my special map box where I reveal my inner feelings? It's not like a lockbox. <laughs> That's all all things related to me in it. Okay. For it's kind of a picture of me as an ape man. <laughs> for your third and final goal. Again, this is very simple, really. You know, you and I, we both like movies. And we've talked about movies every now and then when we record. But I feel like this topic that we're discussing is so replete with movies and television shows that I think you should be able to come up with as many movie TV references as you can throughout this episode. <laughs> okay, I will. I will do my damnedest. So for your final goal, Angel, you know, saying I love you really doesn't mean much if you don't love yourself. Self-love is an important love, so somewhere in this episode, I need you to say, I love myself. Okay. But it can't be in the next five minutes. Because <laughs> you, you got to respect the now. got to respect the now. Will these three simple goals help us no longer be idiot slobs that we are in this current moment? What do you think? I think we're it'll inch, inch just, just that bit closer to being less of an idiot slob. I It'll be incremental and since we're observing gnats i don't have to be impressed by that answer <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be mean with about our, it either <laughs> <laughs> with our goals set let us now begin our look at this week's topic doppelgangers or literally translating to a double goer this is the part where i traditionally ask you angel to describe what the entity looks like and my lord this may be the most difficult one yet, so I ask for our curiosities who do not know, what does a doppelganger look like? Well, uh, I'll start off. And a doppelganger has some uh, kind of short brown hair, maybe going balding, I don't know, brown, brown <laughs> eyes, a beard and a mustache. Uh, right now, he's kind of holding out his hands. Oh my god, it's me. Well, it looks like me at least. It probably looks like you. <laughs> it looks like whoever you are. <laughs> so it's literally anybody. Yes. Or a slight variation of. <laughs> so that makes it even more difficult. <laughs> yes. What do you think the true form of a doppelganger looks like? You mean you, are you implying the doppelganger like shapeshifts? It does it? I don't know. <laughs> I Does it just appear? I imagine it would just, yeah, appear in, in, in the form of whoever it's trying to imitate. It could be like a pod person, and it, it's a pod-shaped thing before it looks like the person. It could be literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> we would never know. Yeah. So, oh, now, in my opinion, there are various degrees of the application of the term doppelganger. There is the more benign, modern application where it is a reference to describe someone who looks like you but has no known relation to you at all. Can you give us an example of this type of doppelganger? I would say every Elvis impersonator. Oh, yeah. That's a good... That's a, I'm, I'm still observing that, and I was generally <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I'm wondering, are they doppelgangers of Elvis or of themselves or both? Hmm. Or is Elvis their doppelganger? <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen him, right? <laughs> yeah, he's 
supposedly still alive. Supposedly. I don't know. <laughs> He's on that island with Tupac. <laughs> Just him and Elvis singing songs together. Beyond, can you imagine that? Do that? Holy crap! I was just thinking, all the supposed dead artists that are still alive, they just all meet up at that one island and they're just singing music together for the rest of their lives, like just living the good life on this island, doing their thing. For like, I mean, when did Tupac get killed? That was like thirty years ago. (laughs) He's an old man now. Just wrapping away. <laughs> Beyond that, there can be a sort of paranormal aspect to doppelgangers. Supposedly, it is author and playwright Catherine Crow with her 1848 book, The Night Side of Nature, that helped initially spread the term doppelganger to non-German audiences. Applications in a paranormal aspect can represent a doppelganger as an apparition of a living person or some sort of alter ego, an insidious imposter, anything like that. This would mean the doppelganger could be a physical entity like ourselves or incorporeal like a ghost. Now, stories and concepts of doubles go back to the beginning of human storytelling like mermaids, maybe mermaids were <laughs> the original doppelganger, and it isn't a uniquely German concept. It is just that doppelganger has been the word to win this linguistic war over the centuries. For instance, Angel, instead of saying doppelganger 800 times this episode, there is a very similar Irish concept that uses the word fetch to define it. There is some alternate universe out there where fetch won the linguistic rumble and is the dominant word. Our alternate dimension selves are in this very moment saying there is an alternate dimension where doppelganger is the dominant word, and they are having an absolute giggle about it. (laughs) So, in the interest of being better than our alternate dimension selves, what would you propose would be the top three words to use in place of doppelganger? And it can't be fetch. Oh, God, I just... Cutting me off at the knees here. Okay. I will say the first one is obvious. Uh, Number three is pretty obvious, I think. Twinsies. (laughs) Nobody. Do you have to like yell it out? (laughs) Yeah. Nobody nobody ever says twinsies with actual twins. So. Mm -hmm. But do you have to say it like seriously? No. Not like in a sarcastic way? Uh, Yeah, it's got to be serious. You say twinsies. Come on, guys. Come on. (laughs) Can't be can't be sarcastic i'm just trying to picture like some horrible like scenario where the doppelganger's like standing at the end of your bed as you sleep and you wake up and yell (laughs) and then it kills you i I mean i feel like it would it would lighten the mood a bit i think it would remove that air of darkness and and foreboding Mm -hmm. even as you're getting killed so um, number two, <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> this is fun. So I think number two, I would go with tethered. That's um, a reference to the movie Us. <laughs> that one fell flat. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'm wowed by it. <laughs> that uh, I don't know if you're noticing a, a a theme here. Twinsies and tethered. So maybe my number one, you can predict it. I'm gonna imagine movie related. So the number one word, I think, well, in this case, it's not really a word. It's a phrase I came up with. It's <laughs> That's going to be a sound. <laughs> it's the cat to my kit. What the hell is that? Cat to my kit? Yeah. 
You gotta break me off of my Kit Kat. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know they they come like together. Oh man, you missed the uh, prime opportunity and said Tether do Twix, right? I, left I Twix done Twix, but I was trying to trick you with the T's, like t- <laughs> twinsies tethered, and I was like, oh, the the theme would have been Twix, but like, no, I got you with the Kit Kat. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> that was an M Night swerve there. <laughs> but wow, that was that was a, a amazing three. Wow, flown off my seat. I'm such a good joke maker. I'm so good that I feel like I'm the best at making jokes. I I think I love myself for that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. There's one down. <laughs> But hey, you can you can you can love yourself multiple times. It doesn't have to be one time. As we explore the concept of doppelgangers, let's start off with the idea of twinsies, twin strangers, which has gained traction the more and more social media has taken over our lives. With facial recognition software, it's become popular to compare a picture and see, for instance, which celebrities you most look like. I don't know about you, Angel, but really superficial stuff like this is what i live for this is what i consider the lowest tier of doppelgangers of uh of twix oh what was it break me off a kid to my cat or the cat to my kid (laughs) one of those (laughs) so your physical features resemble someone who you are completely unrelated to potentially I recall, probably a decade ago at this moment in time, probably, you could enter a picture of yourself on some site and it would compare your features to a database of celebrity pictures to see who you most looked like. I distinctly recall the celebrity it said I most looked like was an 84% match with actress Amanda Peet, which I don't know if that's a good thing for me or a bad thing for Amanda Peet. Do you remember this website at all? I, I do remember this website and... I remember it in in a negative way because I would never get funny results. It's just they didn't they weren't they didn't look like me or they or they weren't good enough to be like hey look what I got ha 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 funny. Um, <laughs> These celebrities aren't good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the Amanda Pete thing. <laughs> I mean the computer did eighty four percent of it. I am Amanda Pete. <laughs> So, let me re- reveal how I met my doppelganger, Amanda <laughs> Peet. <laughs> I was at this convention. <laughs> so has has there ever been an instance where you have gotten the, have I seen you here somewhere before? Or, damn, you, you really look like, insert celebrity here, type of moment in life. Like Besides, of course, when I have over the past two decades said you are a dead ringer for MLB catcher Benji Molina. I've actually had several instances where this has happened to me, now that I think about it. One time, when I was in middle school, I don't know if it was a joke, the girls were teasing me, saying I look like Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. The Mighty Ducks I kid? <laughs> I didn't see it, but it was weird because they were like teasing me about it, and then they're like, huh, he... <laughs> He's having an affair with the teacher, huh? And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, was that during your, your blonde hair? Phase? <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't, I think he had blonde hair. It, yeah, that was. 
but that wasn't really like uh and and your your non-hispanic days too <laughs> yeah I, I was whiter then apparently um <laughs> but in more recent times i have been like uh two instances happened where i was a some sort of conference or, or convention where I was waiting to for a, a presentation to start and somebody comes up to me and, says, and they just start talking to me like, oh, yeah, hey, you've been there. And I'm like, um, I don't know who you are. He's like, oh, no, yeah, you know, we met the other day. And I'm like trying to tell the guy, no, I've never seen you before in my life. And he's just brushing it off like, yeah, yeah, no, I remember you. I remember you. And he's not even drunk. So. At that point, I'm just like... The way you're saying it, I feel like he's going to start pushing you. <laughs> I, I remember you, damn at, it. At that point, I'm just like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, why fight it? <laughs> and then he says, I remember when you slept with my wife. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the third time was when a guy, a similar situation, but this time the guy says, hey, I know you, you used to be in a band, right? Back up in Orlando. And I'm like, nope, never, not even. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, you grew out the beard. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never been in a band in Orlando. But he just didn't want to hear anything of it. And he just wanted to be my friend that day. And I'm like, oh, God, why does this happen to me? Did he, did he latch on? He, he, Yeah, he wanted to ride home. <laughs> he went. He wanted that ride, and damn it, he, he went in hard on that home. on that introduction. <laughs> Which, he, he was thinking to himself, "Oh shit, this isn't the guy." But he had to. He had to stay committed. Yeah, he can't admit that he's wrong. No, he's not getting that ride. <laughs> and then there's this other time where you know, a former boss of mine, when I was working for them for the first time, um, he was kind of cold to me, and then. A few years later, when he's leaving the place for another job, he has a going away party. <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> he's leaving. He has a going away party, and, and we're having drinks, and he tells me, you know, when you first got hired, I thought you were this other guy that I hated for some reason. And that's why I may have been cold to you for the first few weeks. And I was like, what is going on? Who is this mysterious mm-hmm. dude that's following me around, making my life worse? <laughs> and then he follows it up with, I thought you were the other guy I hated, but... I just hate you. <laughs> Once I found out who you were, I, I confirmed my hate. Yep. <laughs> Your doppelgangers are out there making things hard for you. Probably just the one. Whoa, so he's doing all that one guy's doing <laughs> he's, all that? He's been in a band and then he's going to conferences. It's not that guy. <laughs> wow, that's some good stories. You know how you felt pretentious? Now I just feel like a jackass whenever you answer <laughs> question. Antagonizing you the whole way through. So there are two incidents I recall myself. So when I was maybe 11 or 12, around that age, it was Halloween, and I dressed up as Freddy Krueger. And I don't, I'm not positive I've ever told you the story. The mask that I had required glue to adhere it to my face, and it all it covered was the eyes, nose, and cheek area, so the chin was my chin it wasn't a, a like latex mask or anything like that and the the glue had to set for a while so it was just glue on my face so we get to our first house and we're leaving and three kids are behind us and this idiot slob says to me hey aren't you so and so and i've long forgotten the name that he said but i can picture it all in my head like it was still yesterday i have a response to him i say no and i guess he does not believe me because why why would he believe me when i say no i'm not who you think i am and so then he rips off the mask that was glued to my face, and he pretty much <laughs> looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, you're right. It's not you. <laughs> and, but you really look like him. So 
that Halloween, I got to be Freddy Krueger literally for one house stop, and then my costume was ruined. And then, like, the glue was so goddamn strong, like, part of my face started to bleed, oh, too. So, <laughs> then, I, then I really just looked like a, a burn, a, more of a burn victim than Freddy just walking around. It was, and the thing that sucked, it took, like, two hours to get that mask adhered, too. It was a long process. And that kid ruined it, just because he thought I was someone else, so... I was inconvenienced that it's day. It's a good thing you murdered him. <laughs> what he didn't know was the knives on my fingers were real. <laughs> I stabbed him in the chest. The The other one uh, is very superficial, but around 2009, 2012 or so, I worked part-time at Old Navy. This was during the peak of the Twilight movies, and this lady and her daughter are buying stuff, and the girl says, wow, you, you really look like Edward. And the mom's like, oh, oh wow, you're right. And... I suppose I've now lived on the high of that one time being compared to worldwide heartthrob Robert Pattinson for a decade now. So, <laughs> that's, that's like a compliment. I just, I'm living on that thing for 13 years now. <laughs> but those weren't my, de- those weren't my doppelgangers. So that's not my story yet. <laughs> I haven't revealed it. Speaking of celebrities, every few months, images of celebrities like Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves, they pop up with like some tongue-in-cheek posting or proof that they are immortal because of some like Civil War era photo or painting that looks just like them. Why do you think or do you even think that there is a fascination around images of people that look alike but have no possibility of being related? I think... I think it's a uh, people are fascinated because it, I think it, it brings people closer. It connects them to something. The people that look alike, they they start thinking, oh, maybe there's some kind of connection, you know, uh, ancestrally, maybe a secret family, something. This, 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 oh this. yeah, secret families. Maybe I'm secretly <laughs> related to Robert Pattinson <laughs> and his fortune. I mean, <laughs> you sure do look like him. That was aggressively sarcastic (laughs) not sarcastic at all um and i think it's also fascinating for people that aren't uh the the lookalikes themselves because you see a nicholas cage lookalike and you're like what that's crazy Mm -hmm. maybe you know this is a regular person it's like maybe you too have a celebrity lookalike Mm mm-hmm I suppose on the flip side of that, if we, if you just saw that picture, you would never, like, say Nicolas Cage was never famous. No one would ever care about that yeah. picture because it would be like, well, that's just some dude. But, yeah, once you put a celebrity's face to it, be like, yeah, this kid in the Civil War looks like Justin Timberlake. So then people are like, wow, <laughs> that's really fun. And then it goes viral on Twitter or something like mm-hmm. that. And then stories and lore spread that they're vampires and feed on the blood of younglings. <laughs> to uh maintain their youth <laughs> that's uh yeah on the darker side of those of hollywood yeah. <laughs> no no i haven't made any movie references <laughs> i'm panicking now <laughs> what vampire movies do you know <laughs> <laughs> vampire diaries i don't know interview with a vampire kirsten dunce was young in it <laughs> <laughs> just throwing things out there. <laughs> okay. Tom Cruise. I mean, his ass looked amazing in the new Top Gun. <laughs> I came across an article from a CBS news article titled, Two Baseball Players with 
I'm just thinking about Tom Cruise's ass. Two baseball players with the same name, similar looks, took DNA tests to see if they were related. The minor league players are both named Brad Feigl. One is 23 years old, 6 foot 5 inches, and is a pitcher. While the other is 28 years old, 6 foot 4 inches, and also a pitcher. Both have similar red hair facial structure, beard shape, and wear glasses. Both have even had the same Tommy John elbow surgery performed by the same doctor. Some wild coincidences in their lives, or do you believe in anything beyond coincidences occurring such as this? You know, as much as we like to think so, I, I think we're limited facial <laughs> facial um, templates. It has to be only so many configurations, yeah, right? I mean, after we currently have, what, some... 9 billion people yeah. on the planet and that's just now you know if we add up the people that have lived in the past like mm -hmm. i'm sure there have been duplicates plenty of them just like the civil war people <laughs> and the celebrities yeah man good answer uh <laughs> i'm trying to think of a movie reference i couldn't well that was a fun instance of twinsies <laughs> we do have a more recent story from events stemming from <laughs> saying twinsies going into this isn't very funny though stemming from last year coming from germany <laughs> shouldn't be laughing a guardian article titled <laughs> doppelganger murder german prosecutors claim woman killed lookalike to fake death the article details a woman who allegedly sought lookalikes out on instagram with the intentions of murdering them and using <laughs> And using the body to fake her own death. Pretty sure that's happened in some movies. <laughs> with, upwards of, with upwards of 50 knife wounds and a disfigured face and put into the lookalike, it seemed to have initially fooled authorities. <laughs> oh, I have to be impressed by your answer here. What do you make of this story? I think this story is pretty bizarre, to be honest with you. It, the article... I saw this article and it kind of just glossed over what this woman, why she did this. It says she was a beauty influencer, I think. Yeah, blogger. A, a I blogger think. and an influencer. I guess she just up and decided, I'm going to look for somebody that looks like me and then murder them so I can fake my own death. I don't understand why this is what she decided to do and why she thought it would work, really. I guess... It initially fooled the authority, so maybe it did kind of work at first. How did <laughs> I think what she yeah, what she did was she put a, the woman in her own car, and then put the car in front of her parents' house. Oh my god! How even more messed up is that? Your, your parents would presumably come out and find your mangled body in in front of their house. Jesus, I, what was she planning on doing? Like, <laughs> are you running away? <laughs> what is the life of an influencer blog beauty poster not good enough? <laughs> I guess not. It's just, it's just bizarre. I also wonder, like, you know, we've, it's, it talks about her, the murder of this lady, but we don't know if she's done this before. <laughs> like, uh, like, allegedly um, gone out and, I mean, she did attempt multiple uh, lookalikes. Yeah. So, allegedly may not be the only one that she got. And maybe the leaving leaving the, the the car in front of her parents' house was the last idea she got because she was like, nobody's finding these bodies. I gotta do it. Obviously, <laughs> scattered bodies across the 
countryside. Oh, that's morbid. I'm sure there's some sort of like Tales from the Dark Side or <laughs> Tales from the Crypt story that does exactly that. Yeah, probably. Any other number of <laughs> late 80s, early 90s <laughs> horror anthology TV shows? Well, there was a Freddy Krueger one. <laughs> oh, is that like something nightmare? I think so. Freddy Krueger's Nightmare, yeah. probably. <laughs> something like that. Uh, so, so was that just like, instead of the uh, Crypt Keeper, Freddy would just make some sort of uh, pun and then go into the story? Pretty much. <laughs> Classic. I, I feel like they should bring back those horror anthologies. I mean, we got a few on Netflix, but they're not as uh, as fun. As campy? Yeah, campy. Go back and watch some Tales from the Crypt, or Tales from the Dark Side, my god. You can't get through a whole episode of taking it seriously. I highly recommend the Christmas episode known as The Grither. <laughs> or the, don't get, like, sucked out of the house? <laughs> Only because they didn't heed their own advice. I'm trying, I'm, I can't remember if I'm confusing it with another Christmas one where there's a guy outside, he's like an axe murderer. Because the Grither is like a flying beast, yes. right? It must be. They they want, they did multiple seasons, so they had to do multiple Christmas <laughs> episodes. Repeated storylines. <laughs> so for the most part, the idea of a twinsie, as we have known for the last few hundred years, is usually associated with some sort of bad omen. In the Night Side of Nature book mentioned earlier, Catherine Crow details several instances of reported doppelgangers and writes that the stories generally resolve themselves into simply seeing a person where they are not and death ensuing very shortly afterward. A few will suffice. One of the stories Crow describes is this. Hold on to your butts. A lady, an entire disbeliever in these spiritual phenomena, was one day walking in her own garden with her husband, who was indisposed leaning on her arm when seeing a man with his back toward them and a spade in his hand digging she exclaimed look there who's that where said her companion (laughs) her husband and at that moment the figure leaning on the spade turned around and looked at her sadly shaking his head and he saw and she saw it was her husband She avoided an explanation by pretending she made a mistake. Three days afterward, the gentleman died, leaving her entirely converted to a belief she had previously scoffed at, and the gentleman being her husband, not the guy in the garden. (laughs) (laughs) He kept tilling the land and died. But how does that story rate on the scary scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the absolutely horrifying? Well, the guy in the garden was also her husband, right? Okay. Yeah, his doppel dude, doppelgang dude. Uh, I think on the, I, I like to put myself in the shoes of the story, and I can see that being kind of, you know, spooky. You you know you got your husband next to you, and then suddenly you see your husband up ahead. Like what's what what's going on? Mm-hmm. I, you know. I suppose especially if he's like indisposed, as she says, yeah. leaning on him. So she's in physical contact with the man, and then several feet in front of her turns around another man and it is her husband <laughs> give it like a four only whoa yeah <laughs> whoa. whoa i'm generally <laughs> impressed by that answer <laughs> i would expect like one <laughs> i mean i if old old uh ghost stories kind of um have that same <laughs> kind of thing mm-hmm. i remember reading one where it was the 
the friend, this guy's friend comes over and he's like, this guy hasn't seen him in years. He's like, hey, what's going on? What's, come on in. And he doesn't say a word. He says, sit down, have a drink, have some food. You look a mess, basically. And the guy's just telling him all about his life. But the guy that came in hasn't said a word, hasn't touched his food, hasn't touched his drink. And then he's like, you look tired. Maybe you should go to bed. So the guy gets up, goes to the bed, and he falls asleep. And he can hear him breathing. Right? Like, not snoring, but he can hear the breathing noises. And then... He gets a call from somebody else and he says, oh, you know who showed up? This guy. And he's like, what are you talking about? This guy died. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's always how they go. The, the, the person's been dead all yeah. along. And I guess that, that those I guess that story was scary back then. <laughs> this story by today's standards doesn't seem too entirely terror inducing to me. But the location, Angel, the location surprised me. Just a doppelganger out there doing some gardening like doing some hard work. So that's got me thinking. What are the top five worst places to see your, your doppelganger, Angel? Maybe not your specific one, but any doppelganger. Okay. Uh, top five. Let me see. This is, I guess, number five. The worst place. Fifth worst place to see your doppelganger would be in the toilet bowl. <laughs> How about, are you saying like inside like yes within the bowl yes. oh, or not on it but Correct. physically inside it like you open up the seat and his face is there yes. <laughs> i'm i'm blanking on the movie but there's a <laughs> scene where someone uh hides in like a porta potty i think it's actually a horror movie to hide out from the the killer that that's all the references jurassic park no, like inside the the liquid. Oh, ooh. I guess. Uh, well, Jurassic Park is. We we don't reference that. <laughs> the next worst place to find your doppelgangers in the mirror world. <laughs> Not in the actual mirror, but the mirror world <laughs> right. itself. So you're traversing into the mirror world. Oh yeah, shit! It's my I doppelganger. Mean, it ex- it's my twinsie. Like, oh, so that's where the ref- that's where the reflection comes from, but. You know, he needs to be out there if I'm in here kind of thing. You can't share the same mirror world with your doppelganger. It's the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We spoke, I think, briefly about it in the Ghost Train episode. Abraham Lincoln had claimed to have seen in a mirror his reflection that was not his own. That the reflection was various shades paler, didn't react how he was moving. And he ended up telling his wife, Mary, about it. But Lincoln experienced it. You going to say Lincoln's wrong? No. I don't want that train coming my way. <laughs> no, it doesn't need rails. <laughs> Just drive straight to your goddamn house. What am I on? Three, uh, the third one, the third worst place to find your doppelganger, would be as your significant other. So you married <laughs> yourself? Not yourself. Your twinsies. Is that a bad omen? Your kit to your cat, cat to kit, whatever the hell you said. I don't know why I can't remember this. That's right. You married your doppelganger. What are you going to do now? Can't escape. Can't divorce because you'll just come up and say, oh, I'm not signing the divorce paper. And they'll think that they were, oh, you the one that drew up the papers. Now you don't, you're changing your mind. Okay. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get in front of a judge. The judge is going to think it's a joke. You playing a, having a giggle, playing a joke on me? 
and he throws you out of the courtroom. He puts you in jail for contempt for wasting the court's time yep. for this silliness. Yep. So you, so you got to murder him. That's, I think that's the solution in, in every case, really. <laughs> um, oh. Second worst place to find your doppelganger is at the bank after having emptied your account. <laughs> He's like walking out. <laughs> See you, sucker. <laughs> with bags with the dollar sign on it. <laughs> and then on top of that he like left a note for when you get up there it says i'm robbing the bank and it has your signature on it that's slenderman <laughs> you really walked into that one he says i feel like i've seen a movie like that but maybe i dreamed it i saw a movie about a bank robbery with uh, uh james franco oh okay Oh. I'm not going to spoil it, though, but I saw that movie. <laughs> Do you know the name? Because any any discussion Even of it would title. spoil the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to figure it out on your own. Okay. Um, and I guess the number one uh, worst place to find your doppelganger is just right before you close your eyes. I'm trying to think of a scenario where... You're not like already looking. <laughs> you, like he instantly flashes in before you, and then you close your eyes. Yep. <laughs> like, oh shit! <laughs> like unless you like throw yourself upon the bed <laughs> to close your eyes for sleep, and like, he's already there. Yeah, you, you jump into bed. bed with your significant other, and you see it's your doppelganger. <laughs> but what if you already? You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know what you signed up for. <laughs> so many rules. Wow, those are uh, I mean, five chart-topping, amazingly good answers. Casey Kasem would be proud of you. Is anyone going to get that reference? <laughs> Casey Kasem, is he? <laughs> he was shaggy. Scooby-Doo was yes, also was. a movie. <laughs> Multiple movies. <laughs> Damn goals. We're worst people. <laughs> Going back to potential scariness factor of a doppelganger encounter. <laughs> I don't know how far we are into this episode. <laughs> the episode of Ranker.com has a creepy doppelganger story section, a creepy twinsy story section. So let's see how some more modern encounters fare and compare to mid 1800s. <laughs> to the mid 1800s. <laughs> These are the top three ranked stories. Number three. With 3,940 votes indicating that it is indeed creepy. Comes from Reddit, Redditor user G4YF13R1. Classic. It's one of the, the musk homunculus <laughs> bin numbers. When I was nine, I stayed home sick from school. I distinctly remember that I wasn't actually sick. Simply playing hooky to avoid bullying kids are cruel as i did did that as i did that a lot around that age i woke from a nap turned on the tv in our living room and scrolled through some channels <laughs> i'm trying to think of like outdated technology like had to get up and turn the dial things that people want to get <laughs> casey casey uh, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything I had actually been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all of this. Now, whatever that this thing was, it was 
entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe, but it's as if the only difference was that the thing pretending to be my mom had never felt a single emotion in its life. It was unsettling. It beckoned me, and I attempted to talk to her as I would my mother. She kept beckoning, refused to answer, and that's when I sensed something horribly wrong. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. It just kept beckoning. I bolted, running out of the room and into the front yard yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard. <laughs> it's also a doppelganger. <laughs> Doing yard work. Had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I had just seen, and she soothed me with easy explanations that it must have been a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side the rest of the afternoon as I was a nervous wreck. Was it creepy, Angel? I mean, there's a creepy factor, but it's been done before. I'm reminded of an X-Files episode where, you know, um, some military dude is missing and then he returns and the wife is like that's not my husband i don't know who that is oh um, yeah that's yep, also yep. um a plot a whole thing in in the body snatchers movie that mm-hmm. at least the re at least the remake any any yeah, any body <clears throat> yeah. snatcher-esque thing so the, the the same that same theme of this person looks like this like this person I know, but that that's not them. There's something about them. I don't know how to explain it. It's not them. Try to think of a, there was a Angelina Jolie movie, Changeling, which I'm not sure if it was original or a remake of one. If I memory serves me correctly, she her child I think goes missing, and then after so much time, she gets the child back, but she believes it is clearly not her child. Yeah, um, I think Changeling is. Uh, some folklore thing up in Scotland, maybe even Ireland, where the babies, mm. uh, the fairies come and take the baby and replace it with a baby that looks like oh, a human. replace it for yeah. fairy reasons. I mean, <laughs> it's what the fae do. Yeah. <laughs> then they take your milk. For something that, for something like this, what do you think the goal of the imposter entity was of this, of this emotionless Beckoning. mother? <laughs> yeah that was its goal I, to I, beckon i, I must I'm, beckon. I'm, give, I'm reminded of like Coraline, but um, no, I have this, this girl Coraline is angry with her parents you know how kids are uh my parents don't let me do anything whatever and she finds a secret entrance to another world full of ex- essentially her parent doppelgangers uh, but they're like t- t- dolls like her, the mother is has uh, buttons for eyes. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. She uh, chronicled Narnia into yeah. doppelgangland. <laughs> doppelgangland. <laughs> Would you rank that uh, in the scary scale? Not the scary spice I mean, scale? If this, I don't know. Are these like actual stories that happen to these people, or did they make this crap up? Because I feel like... It's being represented as a happened as a, you know, to, to this guy as a kid, I would say that's pretty scary. But, you know... I'm going to come at it from like a story point of view. It's it's whatever. 3. Bravo. Wow. <laughs> Good score. <laughs> Roger Ebert <Jeez>. over here. <laughs> the number 2 story with 4317 votes is this from Redditor user Geobite. <laughs> Geobite. I remember one Sunday morning 
my brother and I were <laughs> watching Card Captor Sakura on TV, and someone knocked on the door. We lived in an apartment that was empty. The owner hadn't rented the second floor. It was a two-bedroom apartment with a kitchen and a bathroom by the door. A small apartment with a big window that faces out to the door. So when I heard someone knock, I checked the window, and I saw my father, so I thought. I was going to open the door to open it. I was going to open the door to open it. When I was going to unlock the door, my mother pulls me away and screams at me to not open the door because I didn't know who it was. I told her I saw my dad. She freaked out going to the window and checking and then checking the peephole. She started to get terrified. She said to go to the farthest room in the apartment and not come out. She went and woke up my dad and my dad got up <laughs> angry and was confused. We told him what we saw, and the man was still knocking at the door. My dad screamed, who is it? No answer. He said he will call the cops, but no response. While my dad was busy screaming at him, we saw that he was just standing in the front of the door. So my mom took us to the farthest room from the door, while my dad got ready to open the door with a metal bat. Once he did, the man was gone. Uh, my dad goes out looking everywhere around the apartment. The apartment door was a heavy metal door and always was heard when someone comes in and out, but we heard nothing that morning, and nothing when my dad opened the door. We heard no footsteps either, but my brother, my mother, and I saw the man that looked exactly like my father. I must ask, is it creepy? The longer the story goes, the less creepy it gets. <laughs> well, I was, didn't reveal too much. I don't think it revealed too much, but it was like, okay, and then they did this, and then it's like, and the guy who shows up is somebody who looks like my dad. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> so a, a big question I have here. So the imposter guy came back when the real dad was outside looking for him. The story just ends there. So did the imposter guy just become the new dad, and everyone was okay with it? <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess he's now writing the story. <laughs> the, the imposter dad yes. <laughs> he, he finishes the story and then i ate them all <laughs> being a, in that scenario how do you end that story there like how 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 did that resolve did the dad ever come back with the baseball bat how did you get this man to leave the house it makes it makes me think it's not true <laughs> yeah it, it definitely sounds like a story instead of like something that happened amazing analysis god <laughs> 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 the number one <laughs> story with 5,905 votes is this from redditor user quite voice not quiet voice quite voice 4846 my favorite numbers late at night i usually go to the bathroom multiple times but for the past four days every time i go to leave i can see myself standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye it is like the other me is watching me leave the, the watching me leave the bathroom. Why? <laughs> it terrifies me to the point where I must run out without looking directly at the mirror. Oh no! <laughs> I never told my husband about it because I didn't want to acknowledge it out loud. Earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to it watching TV. When I woke up, he told me that he had seen me sit up and crawl backwards to the edge of the bed and stand up in front of our bedroom door from the corner of his eye. He thought it was weird I got up like this because I'm in the last month of my pregnancy. I can't really move so well without it hurting. 
So he tried talking to me. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. I got really creeped out and I finally told him about what I had been seeing in the bathroom. He thought it was creepy as well, but didn't want to really talk about it anymore because he thinks it will give whatever it is power or energy. I have no idea what it wants or why we have both seen it. And for a final time, Angel, is it creepy? I don't think so at all. This one, this one's like, like, is she crab walking? Like, is this like the exorcist? (laughs) She backwards, man. Full on crab walking. (laughs) Eight months pregnant. Again, I'm reminded of an X-Files episode where there's this <laughs> crazy guy. Well, he's he's painted as kind of uh, on edge because he thinks his co-workers are conspiring uh, or being taken over by not pod people, by, but mimics. And that mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. like insect-like. And that's basically the plot. And then, you know, when, when we do, we're given glimpses of these insects and they kind of have that weird jittery effect. So it kind of looks like they're crab walking in certain scenes. Is that the one episode with cicadas? Is that a different bug episode? That's a different bug episode. They went they went to that well too many times. <laughs> There's a lot of bug episodes. <laughs> Not enough cannibal inbred monster episodes. Yeah, you know what? They should have explored that more. <laughs> Instead of the lone gunman getting a whole spinoff, <laughs> the lone gunman, the peacock should have got a spinoff. <laughs> Welcome to the Peacocks. <laughs> Watch these farm boys live a farm life and also make sure they please their mother. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it in like the vein of like two and a half men or like that sort of sitcom. <laughs> it just starts off with the like. You know, the audience is like clapping, and then as it dies down, you know, you hear <laughs> get really serious. Like, Mama, Mama's hungry. <laughs> I, I can't believe they banned that episode. Cowards. <laughs> Entertaining the idea that these are real occurrences. What would be an explanation for what the doppelgangers are, Angel? Well, there's a. The Wikipedia page kind of has a. It has a references section, a uh, further reading section. And there's a paper that it suggests unilaterally felt presences, the neuropsychiatry of one's invisible doppelganger. Invisible? Yeah. They can cloak. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, the summary kind of reads as though that the people that uh, they looked at 31 cases and um, all these people that felt presences of some kind had some sort of brain lesion. What? Or some trauma to the brain, yeah. So, I maybe they're seeing things because something's gone wrong in their brain. You're saying, most likely scenario, hallucinations. Yeah. I'm stunned by that answer. I am absolutely stunned. Wow. I absolutely enjoy all of the compliments you've been giving me. And I compliment you on your wonderful compliment giving Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. In her night night side of nature book, Crow writes, it must be admitted that these cases are very perplexing. We might indeed get rid of them by denying them, but the instances are too numerous and the phenomenon has been too well known in all ages to be set aside so easily. 
So then she goes on to state that uh, that not much is known about the mysteries of death and what happens after. Could these doppelgangers be projections of our soul? She writes, the only other theory I've met with which pretends to explain the mode of this double appearance is that of the spirit leaving the body, as we have supposed to do in cases of dreams and catalepsy, in which instances the nerve spirit, which seems to be the archaeus of or astral spirit of the ancient philosophers, has the power of projecting a visible body out of the imponderable matter of the atmosphere. According to this theory, this nerve spirit, which seems to be the, an embodiment of, or rather, a body constructed of the nervous fluid, or ether, in short, the spiritual body of St. Paul, whew, is the bond of union between the body and the soul, or spirit, and has the plastic force of raising up an aerial form. Being the highest organic power, it cannot by any other physical or chemical be destroyed. And when the body is cast off, it follows the soul, and as, during life, is, is the means by which the soul acts upon the body, and is thus enabled to communicate with the external world. So when the spirit is disembodied, it is through this nerve spirit that it can make itself visible and even exercise mechanical powers. What do you make of Crow's theory? There's a lot of, first of all, there's a lot of words in there that I'm like, what is happening? That was, that was big statement my breakdown of it is nervous fluid no <laughs> basically that like the spirit leaves the body and what we are seeing is actually the disembodied spirit but then she also argues that with herself almost that this sounds too much like a ghost so that really doesn't work to say because she does she says I think clearly that ghosts are not doppelgangers. I do find what I do find interesting about the theory is that it kind of sounds similar to this, uh, the Wikipedia entry where it mentions in ancient Egyptian mythology, a Ka was a tangible spirit double having the same memories and feelings as the person to whom the counterpart belongs. I'm just wondering, like, is if where does she first of all where did she get that theory if she came up, came up with it herself and I'm wondering if it somehow kind of was influenced by this egyptian ka um, concept yeah very easily could have been the first thing that i think of is almost like astral projection the the, the movie insidious and all of its various forms after that of projecting into this dream world if i recall correctly and and then there's the lipstick monster there so, not safe in the dream world either. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this idea that like you are, but that's, I don't understand though. If it's your spirit doing that, your, your spirit has already left your body before you're dead then. Because you're seeing the spirit in corporeal form in front of you. So you, by her argument, your soul has left your body. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe your soul can leave your body before you die. I guess. But then I wonder. I guess I can do whatever I want. But then I wonder if if people are seeing their souls leave, and their souls are always described as these uh, weird lookalikes that kind of have a weird malevolent presence. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are souls jackasses? <laughs> yeah, they're just mean bastards. Besides being tied to bad omens doppelgangers are also associated with maliciousness and the idea of evil twin 
why do you think the evil twin has become a storytelling trope? I think it goes back to what I said earlier about the connection where, you know, if you're watching or reading a story and suddenly another person is introduced and it's the same person, but not the same. It's, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, I don't know. I guess it feels kind of like a shock to this, to the, to the person getting the story told or read or mm-hmm. listened that where it's like, oh, even though it's like you, it's a trope, you still, it's like, I, I kind of didn't expect that, you know, they're mm-hmm. pulling the old twin thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think, is it like the easiest way to convey a sense of a horror without like a, a, a monster? Because all it is, is a reflection of self. And it's like, I, I suppose in any scenario where you saw yourself in a corporeal form looking back at you, of course, that would be an insanely scary scenario. But I, I, I suppose it's like a, storytelling wise, just a, a, a most basic monster. There's no description outside of you see yourself. Yeah. And it also it reminds me then of like countless episodes of Star Trek where <laughs> like they're evil like evil, evil Spock. Goateed Spock. <laughs> yeah. Or any number of the episodes where they go to the mirror world and there's like in Deep Space Nine, like all the bad guys are good guys, like flip on its head. <laughs> yeah. Such such good writing. <laughs> Storytelling. And then another huge one that I think of is Superman and Bizarro. Yeah. So we have Superman, the strongest form of uh, uh, humankind in its essence that could ever be representative. That's the, the perfect man. And then you have Bizarro Superman that looks like a goblinized version of him <laughs> and does all these stupid things. But storytelling's in that same aspect there of, of a doppelganger out to do no good, or I would say in the video game world, Mario and Wario, Luigi and Waluigi. Pretty simple dynamics there of doppelgangerness. Anything that you wanted to add before going into the rubric of power for doppelgangers, twins, <laughs> ease. <laughs> I was gonna add to your your mention of the Star Trek thing where you know i think i think that serves a, a, a secondary purpose as well where you know telling the the story of seeing yourself you know it's it's like this kind of jarring thing because presumably you know what you look like you've seen your your mm-hmm. reflection and then suddenly you see somebody that looks like you and, and then you start questioning wait what do i look like then if that's not mm-hmm. me. I guess it's also then a good way to like question your own mental faculties of like, am I sane? Storytelling wise, it's an easy concept of to show self-doubt. Just being able to not comprehend a situation. Is it stress? Is it magical forces at, at work? Any number of things you can add into a story to tell it that way. Yeah, and I think for the story writer, it's just... A, I think it's a kind of a lazy way to be like... Wait, we have his character here. What if he was bad? How do we make him bad and not have him himself be the bad person? Mm-hmm. Introduce an evil twin or something. Uh, I'm I'm reminded of a Simpsons, I think it was a treehouse <laughs> of terror with Bart and his doppelganger that lives in the attic. <laughs> yes. 
I can't remember what his name is though. Oh, is it also man. Bart? Or is it Bort? I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's Bort, but I can't. Remember but either. then I think at the end, like the wrong Bart gets put back in the shackles in the in the attic. I think it was that, or it was implied that the wrong Bart was always not the one in the attic, oh, or something like the, that. The that's why Bart was always so troublesome yeah. and chaotic was because he was the evil doppelganger. Yeah. So now let's get into the rubric of power. And I'll let you have oh, gosh. first strike the powers of the doppelganger. Okay, so I have to come at this a little differently because this isn't your usual cryptid with psychic beams or teleportation or anything like that. It's something that looks like you and can technically ruin your life. <laughs> Yours has tried. Uh, yeah, I mean, my life is currently being ruined, <laughs> and I've yet to see the guy. So, <laughs> I think that right there is is enough powers to like. It just puts them right below, you know, being able to be aggressive and kill things. I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. I, and, and and your doppelganger, your doppelganger can kill, and then you get blamed for it. So, I mean, does it? Sh- like a, a true doppelganger, not just a, a, a stranger twin. One that, it, like, does it share your blood? Does it have your blood? Can it leave your evidence behind? Yeah, I mean, at least, um, yeah, it's a good question. One I don't want to find out the answer <laughs> to. I gave the powers uh, three. Wah. Wah. I, <laughs> I, I applaud that oh, decision. Because the reason is, I, w- I was at the same spot. I, I'm also giving it a three in powers. Some things that I found that you might find interesting. They have no shadow or reflection, apparently, oh. is what one source says. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess that's a way to, to recognize that they are one. Very vampire-esque in the reflection matter. I'm trying to think in my head here of reasons why it, w- it wouldn't have a reflection. Maybe because it already is a reflection. Yeah, he has to be on the other side of the mirror. <laughs> yeah, so there is nothing to reflect back. Very metaphysical, I guess. They can apparently seamlessly take over your life and begin to ruin it at any moment. They are considered harbingers of bad omens, and seeing one can potentially lead to serious illness or death. So it ends up, I think, like you said, hard to grade this one because of everything going on. It's not a normal entity that we look at. So for me, I'm sort of grading on the potential to do great harm more than the, the power intrinsic to it. It's a different kind of power, I suppose. So like I said, I gave it a three. How about the detectability of the doppelganger? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm basing this off our rubric, which states that the the... <laughs> From uh, numbers one through four, where four is the best, one is poor, and two is adequate. I'm gonna go with the adequateness of detectability, where <laughs> you can That's adequate. <laughs> you can't. I mean, if you find you find it, I don't know if you spot the if you spot the doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what does he do? Does he kill you? Does he just show up and run away? What about knowing the existence? Like, knowing the existence of the doppelganger, does that mean that you've 
uh, the detectability, like you've found it, even though you haven't seen it. I don't know. So I just gave it a two. <laughs> Good answer, though. But I'm almost in the same. We're almost doppelgangers here right now. It's a very hard one to score. The idea is that you you may never see your doppelganger. Someone else may see it, but they may not necessarily know it's actually not you. If you see your own and you're alone and it leads to your death, no one may never know that you actually encountered it. But with that said, the whole idea sort of of this is that you do see it at some point and you know it isn't you. So I played this one safe and I ran it right down the middle at a two and a half. (laughs) How about the lore of the doppelganger? I think the lore is a bit fascinating because this is a phenomenon that's happened and i don't i'm not entirely sure i don't think it was like people like saying oh it's the doppelganger it's, it's just people would see something and they, they, they claim to have seen you know an apparition or, or or themselves and it wasn't until later that it was just lumped in as oh this is site uh, case studies for doppelganger stuff another interesting thing that i f- forgot to bring up earlier was have you looked into the third man factor? Have are you familiar with that? I don't even know what that is. No. The third man factor or third man syndrome refers to the reported situations where an unseen presence, such as a spirit, provides comfort or support during traumatic experiences. The way I heard it was like somebody doing some trek, like climbing a mountain. They're like I guess on their last legs. And something, and they suddenly feel like somebody's there with them and helps them reach this point. So I think that's um, kind of related to. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> what the the movie with Christopher Lloyd, Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> They're helping those Los Angeles Angels play that game. Yep, and they win. Yep, a movie that's underrated, underrated movie. By I mean. I'm sure, I'm sure Ebert probably gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> well, he can't do anything about that now, can he? <laughs> Implying because he's dead. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we know we know um, his ghost can't be considered a doppelganger. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I gave the I gave the lore a two point five. Oh wow! I'm actually very surprised by that because the way I looked at it was that this is one of those entities that in one shape or another has been around, uh, I would say, pretty much forever in every culture in some shape or form. But some other aspects that I did find to add to the lore, some potential weaknesses (laughs) for the doppelganger. One being magic. Doppelgangers are still susceptible to the powers of magic. Given the right spells, casting a spell on one doppelganger will affect that of another. You can, you can like twin your spells here. <laughs> Multiple spells hitting off on all these doppelgangers. And then another one, I don't know where this comes from, <laughs> piano music. Doppelgangers are also afraid of piano music. It has been suspected that, just suspected, that doppelgangers will freeze on the spot <laughs> when piano music is heard. A <laughs> uh, key word there, suspected. Yikes. <laughs> How's it a, a suspected weakness? Oh, but yeah, piano music will freeze them on the spot when piano music is heard i guess constantly have piano music playing 
Just play. get get your favorite Beethoven just on loop. Just just put those live those YouTube live streams on of, of piano music. Yep. Get purchase one of your uh, composer body pillows. <laughs> listen to some <laughs> classical music, and you're good. You're golden. You have defeated doppelgangers. <laughs> they will never get you. So I gave it a four, a four in lore, a, a lore four. How about the cunning of the doppelganger? Doppelgangers have never, like, from what I've saw, they're not being, they're not talked about in terms of the doppelganger itself, but it's always in terms of the person seeing the doppelganger. And this doppelganger is usually not doing anything. It's just looking menacing or <laughs> looking over the bar, uh, beckoning, beckoning. <laughs> and yet, I feel compelled that they're doing something very malicious. Or very benign, <laughs> depending on how they're be- being described, right? So I think I just said four. Why not? I mean, my gosh, Angel, I, I would argue they're humanoids. <laughs> yep. And that they can reason well enough to ruin your life <laughs> <laughs> through devious plotting. To me, it has to be a four for cunning. And then finally, impact on pop culture. For the doppelgang dudes. Oh my god, I mean, where do you begin? You have all these, the Wikipedia page just lists a few stuff in literature and TV, and in the in the TV section, I feel it's, it's woefully underrepresented. I mean, yeah. we have that new, well, I guess it's not so new now, but that Netflix series with Paul Rudd, who essentially oh, yeah. clones himself. Is a clone a doppelganger? I don't know. I'm going to go with yes. Sure. <laughs> Episodes of TV that have clones and doppelganger stuff. I, mean, I already mentioned X-Files. There's a King of Queens episode where there's a... <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time King of Queens has been brought That's up. That's <laughs> right. There's a, a doppelganger situation. No, nothing nothing malicious but or sinister, but it's there. It exists. Of which character? Uh, ben Stiller's dad? Uh, no, um, the wife, Carrie. Oh. And uh, Oh, no, does it lead to like some thoughts of like he was <laughs> unfaithful? No, nothing like that. Oh. They're, they're smarter than the average set sitcom, I think, to do something so... Yeah, that was that's more of everybody loves Raymond <laughs> uh, scenario. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the body snatchers... Um, films and mm-hmm. um, and that one body snatcher film we saw with the people that have no nipples. Yeah, that's how you find out that I think they come from plants and then they don't have nipples because <laughs> why would they? I mean, yeah, it makes sense. The plants are like this is this is a useless organ. <laughs> what a crappy movie! That <laughs> I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> I just call it Body Snatchers. With kids, with teenagers, with teenagers, <laughs> and they they go to a radio and no, a TV station, and that's how they believe they're gonna save the day. Like, come on now. And yeah, don't they play or like the radio breaks or something? I don't know. I don't remember anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters in it. They don't have nipples. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like a PG thirteen movie. It's like, what is this? Why would you do this? And then, not to mention all the doppelganger stories and books. Weirdly enough, a lot of erotica around that stuff. Sweet. Uh, and I was I was watching Rick and Morty, the most recent season, season six, 
and there's a uh, you know, we know that there's a clone of, of Beth. That's uh, Rick's daughter. That's, I guess, doppelganger there. And there's plenty of Rick's and Morty's. So I don't even know how you categorize those. They're all doppelgangers of each other. It's like a whole, a whole C-Lab 2021 episode the, with the Pizarro show up. Yeah. I, or, or, or when they go into that time loop where they're just repeating the same thing. But Quinn and, and this other dude is, is just doing, like, there's a bunch of them all there. That, that's another. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, isn't like the entire room yes. full of stormies or something? Yes. <laughs> and they're all like idiots. Yep. And I think they're like blowing up, so they have to keep repeating it. But they all—it's. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone who hasn't watched that needs to watch it. Great stuff. Um. Yeah. Four. I mean, no doubt about it. I went back and forth on this one because my first thought was. I think I gave Santa Claus a four. I don't know if anything else can match Santa Claus, but then, <laughs> but I think doppelgangers can. But this German word has embedded itself into American culture very deeply. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be hard pressed not to hear somebody who hasn't heard of the word doppelganger, or at least the concept of what it represents. And you did an uh, amazing job. I compliment you, Angel, for everything that you did in, in, in running down the, the pop culture there. So only thing else I'm going to add is I found 212 beers <laughs> on the Untapped app that returned in the name Doppelganger. Oh, so my lord, slap it on a beer and you got one. So I, yeah, I gave it a four. So where did you land at for your score for the Doppelganger? I have a full 15.5. And I'm actually at a 17 and a half. That puts us at a combined score for doppelgangers at a 16.5. Oh my god, is this the highest scoring cryptid of the season? Well, Loeb had like a (laughs) one. I mean, we thought Loeb, I thought Loeb would get a higher score, but that didn't. Still doesn't beat Santa Claus though. Uh, nothing. Nothing will. <laughs> we have to find the one that will beat Santa Claus. It's the only way we can end the curse. The Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like Doppelganger is going to sit right below Merlin. You know, I got to hand it to you. I, uh, I've i always appreciated all the, all the research you put into this. It is work that I, I've always find uh, astonishing. And I believe... It's it's that kind of work that you do that is the reason why I love you, Matt. Well, thank you very much. You know, the thing that I love you is how you say these these very specific words after we're done with the cryptid. <laughs> and these these words that you say are these words. We may be done with the cryptid, but we're not done with the show. Double up with a friend. <laughs> And double down on your opinions, all the way down to Twitter. What? <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about when you say the NT's name and you say, Doppelganger, you just got. Oh, God. I never do that. <laughs> I need to write that down. <laughs> Doppelganger, you've been chopped. You've just been chopped? What? Doppelganger. Doppelganger, you've just been cracked. There we go. I love it. I love it. Uh, Just got cracked. Wow. Wow. So I still have to reveal how I met my doppelganger. Yeah. And so it was, 
I would say at this point four years ago, you you had informed me of a prime urbex location for your for your geo your your geocaching, <laughs> uh, and so you sent me to this. I think it was like a barn, but it was also like this makeshift. Like underneath it was a like a fallout shelter. So I go in and there's whoever built the thing clearly they just got money out of this guy because it wasn't going to work as a fallout shelter there's water dripping uh noises all over the place but the weird thing is too since it was under the barn it it still like you could still i don't know if it was haunted you could hear like things up above almost like hooves on the on the floor and so I was walking around in in the fallout shelter looking for the geolocation of what you what you sent me there for. There's trash everywhere. I'm like, my God, how much trash does this guy bring to these places? And you warned me about the traps, so I avoided those. And then I'm I'm just looking, and down the hall there's like this peeping from like around the corner just this head keeps popping out i'm thinking like oh god i'm in a nukes episode here <laughs> and uh, and it it kept peeping and and i i do what i do i say hark hark who's there and and it beckons me it beckons me down the hall and you know what it says what it says hark back to me and i said uh uh <laughs> I'm not harking down there. So I, I got out of there. I assume it was my doppelganger because no one else harks. But that's how I met my doppelganger. It's true. You're the only harker I know. I went back upstairs. We're in the barn area. And there was a horse. It was a horse? Yeah, it was a horse up there. The horse harked at you? <laughs> not stupid. <laughs> No, why would I think that? That's dumb. <laughs> only, only night horse can do. That. <laughs> it's too bad. Be, <laughs> was that, the horse my doppelganger? No, I, I, I mean, you, you were supposed to go to the harking. That was the geocache. <laughs> I left them there for you. <laughs> it was like a uh, Home Alone where where he sets up all the like the Michael Jordan figure, yeah. <laughs> like the cutout, makes it start dancing. It was just a cutout of Michael Jordan down there. <laughs> and there we have it. Well, I already did the thing, so get on Twitter. <laughs> We're on Twitter still. It's it's still a flaming hellscape, but it's still, you know, being held up by some weird structure. We're uh, always at Cracking Curios. We're not changing that. I wonder if there's a doppelganger of our Twitter. I wonder, too. And if you find our doppelganger Twitter, please report them as impersonating us. <laughs> report them. <laughs> Remember, the, the we're the real deal at Cracking Curios. <laughs> they got the blue check mark though. Exactly. We don't have a blue check mark, so you know it's really us. <laughs> you can message us. You know what? Hashtags, it doesn't matter. If you want to include a hashtag, go ahead. It's 2023. We're we're doing away with hashtags. We're we're living in the future now. You just send us some mind juices and we'll we'll get it somehow. <laughs> The nervous fluid nerve spirit. <laughs> the nerve fluids. Um, but if you want to include a hashtag, there's always hashtag cracked cryptids. Or you can do cracked curios too. Or you can do cracking cryptids. And cur- you know what? Just just mix and match. 
Um, my personal favorite hashtag, <laughs> Marlon Brando sucks. <laughs> uh, forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> um, we're also on Instagram. That's another one that is, you know, still going strong. And we're still getting followers. So m- maybe you'll be the next one at Cracking Cryptids. You know, we like to keep abreast with the latest technology, but we also have an eye towards the past. So that's right. We have email. You can send us an email at Cracking Cryptids and Curios. That's all uh, words. Cracking Cryptids and Curios at gmail.com. If you don't know what ad is, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Why do you think they took the umlaut out of Doppelganger? Because um, Americans don't need umlauts. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> we don't need the metric system, goddammit. We don't need any of those dots above the U. Like, what does it even do? What does it even mean? Come on. If you're listening to us, you're probably subscribed to us. But if you're not, go ahead and subscribe to us on any podcast listening device you're using or listening app, really. So if it's on Spotify, great. Stitcher, sure. Amazon, Apple, all of the things, really. And if you find one we're not on, then get off of that one and go to the one that we are on. Come on. We're not on Pandoric, so it was too difficult. (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. Exactly. Said, no thanks, Pandora. I'm out. Exactly. So say no to Pandora and move on to any of the other ones I've listed. iHeartRadio. Even Google. I mean, come on. You can't go wrong with Google. I would like to close this episode with a saying that I always say. And that is, say hello to your double. They just might be watching you. This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Something's gone wrong in their brain. <laughs>